Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic, unfiltered news. Real news. That's right, real news. I'm your host, Tori. Today is June 6, 2019, and D-Day celebrations have occurred in France and Normandy. Uh, We'll be uh, discussing that and um, more today. Uh, Again, always here Monday through Friday, 12 to 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So where do we start with all the news? I thought today, since there's going to be some uh, developments coming up in the next 24 hours, that we discuss something that we've seen trending. And that's the Democrats demanding that ICE be terminated, uh, that ICE be abolished. And for some reason, all of us, when we think it's immigrations and customs enforcement, we have to see exactly what they do. So I want to talk about the trends that we are seeing within the Justice Department today. What is really the function of ICE and what they're doing? I've mentioned it before. I even wrote an article about how Obama had stopped and ceased Operation uh, Predator, Project Flickr, which is actually assigned to ICE. And the reason so being is because of the tremendous and horrendous humanitarian crisis we're having with child and human trafficking through the southern border. What else is there to discuss? I mean, our president is amazing. Uh, you know, I, there's a little clip that was sent to me uh, of Ronna McDaniels, a GOP chairwoman, who said, uh, you know, She summarized exactly how awesome our president is. Take a listen to what the president said in his speech. We are gathered here on freedom's altar, on these shores, on these bluffs, on this day 75 years ago. 10,000 men shed their blood and thousands sacrificed their lives for their brothers, for their countries, and for the survival of liberty. Today we remember those who fell and we honor all who fought right here in Normandy. They won back this ground for civilization to more than 170 veterans of the Second World War who join us today. You are among the very greatest Americans who will ever live. You are the pride of our nation. You are the glory of our republic. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you. 
I thought we should hear that applause in full because he deserves it. His approval ratings are definitely through the roof regardless of what we hear. He is an outstanding president. I am so grateful that in my lifetime, I get to live him. I mean, JFK was amazing, right? Abraham Lincoln was amazing. And Nixon was amazing. There are many of you that may disagree. I actually really liked Nixon from what I hear in history. He wasn't ever my president. I wasn't alive. I don't even think I existed in cells at the time. But he was an incredible president But he was also very naive uh, and he didn't realize that if the intervention happened with JFK, who was so beloved, that he would indeed have downfall too. Now, if, as you know, the president had also gone to Ireland and had discussions. There was a curious conversation that I wanted you guys to listen to. It's just a couple of minutes uh, with the prime minister of Ireland uh, where they discuss. If, and again, I'm going to tell you guys, if you guys aren't following Kevin Cork, who's uh, you know White House press, he's for Fox. You should. He is completely neutral. You guys, I love him. The pictures that he was also putting out are amazing. But I'm going to point out a few things in this that maybe a lot of people don't know. Maybe a lot of people don't know what companies are headquartered in Ireland and what exactly is going on in Ireland. So take a listen to just these few minutes. Sir, did you see those reports of executions in North Korea, the folks who were involved in your summit? Uh, Does that worry you at all that Kim would execute these people? Well, I don't know. So they're asking him about the executions in North Korea. Remember how that one newspaper that, um, you know, the uh, which is supposedly, right, uh, credible, and CNN was like, we're taking a look just to see the credibility. Listen to the response. The reports are correct because one of the gentlemen who we deal with is, uh, this is North Korea they're talking about, is uh, somebody that we know well. He's a strong man. He's a strong person. And uh, they like to blame Kim Jong-un immediately, but they said he was killed. And he wasn't. He was at the theater the other night, so he wasn't killed. Uh, Did you hear that? He wasn't killed. He was at the theater the other night. Are they trying to make our president look bad on purpose? Think. He's sitting there defending North Korea during the conference that he was holding with Abe, if you remember, and said, well, I don't think it's a really big deal with what you're saying with the missiles and whatnot and everything. And it was then when they broke the news that Kim Jong-un executed all these people and these people have been working with the Trump administration hand in hand. But obviously the media is not going to report, hey, turns out the dude they said was executed was at the theater the other day. They're not going to tell you that. They're going to put it in like, oh, look what a dictator he is. He killed all these people. Listen. The other four people I know nothing about, but uh, it is uh, an interesting situation. I think that they would like to make a deal and we'd like to make a deal with them. We'll see how it goes. It's been going pretty well because there hasn't been testing of anything major. And frankly, there's been no nuclear testing in a long period of time. When I became president and before that, as you know, it was all the time, nuclear testing, ballistic missile testing, and now there's nothing. I think that Chairman Kim would like to make a deal, and I'd like to make a deal with him. I look forward to seeing him at the appropriate time. And again, uh, one of the people they were talking about that was supposedly executed wasn't executed at all. 
So if that he, he doesn't know anything about the other four people, they were referring to the guy that is the envoy uh, that was uh, having conversations with Pompeo, remember, and how important it was because he was the guy that was dealing with everything and he was executed in March and it's like, but he was at the theater. And he again reinforces, I support North Korea. We're going to find a deal. They're not doing any big deal testing because just like every other country on this planet, they um, fine tune and shoot off short range or duds to see that things are working. And that's normal. Every single military does that. So I I think he answered it perfectly. And, you know, you're not going to hear about it either. Well, the corporation tax, you mean the fact that it's so low? It is a very low tax, I have to agree. You know, we have our tax very, very low. Uh, But they've done a very good job in Ireland, and uh, your prime minister has kept it there. And he's uh, a lot of great companies here. Okay, now let's talk about the great companies. See, corporation tax. Now, uh, I can tell you that in order to attract big businesses, right, uh, and that's something that I've been uh, putting forward for, for my state, which is lacking investment, not investment so much like give us money, but businesses. Uh, there's so much land that's underdeveloped. There's so many opportunities here. And I've formulated and submitted plans both to governors, uh, state officials, city officials, you know, to try to uh, be an active citizen and help grow uh, my state's economy. In the same way, every country does the same thing. In Ireland, they have a very low corporation tax, which means, say, a big company goes in, dumps $20 million to build a building, house thousands of employees. Uh, they don't have to pay property tax on that. Um, and their uh, their their tax is, is pretty much minimal, which makes it a, a no-brainer to set up shop there. Now, let's talk about the corporations that are there. So did you know that Google and PayPal have moved all their operations to Ireland? Because if you don't, I'm here to tell you they have. One of the biggest hubs for Google and PayPal slash eBay is Ireland. Now, why am I mentioning this? Well, Ireland wishes to remain within the European Union, correct? And it is the epicenter for, I would say, the way I see it, if you kind of step back and look at the European map, you've got a hot mess with all the countries. But Ireland, for some reason, has invested in the idea of being the Silicon Valley state for the European Union. And this is very, very important as there is a battle between, you know, Northern and Southern Ireland and them remaining in the EU, but Northern Ireland not being part of the EU, uh, probably having issues in regards to migration that way, because if you can fly to Southern Ireland without um, being, I would say, um, checked, uh, you can have still illegal immigration through the United Kingdom via the northern and southern Ireland border. Uh, So just take a listen to what further goes. So I, I want you guys to understand that in Europe, Ireland is considered the Silicon Valley of Europe because they have all major tech companies setting up shop for the European access markets there. They should try. They should try keeping it low. I agree. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you.
have any meeting at 3 o'clock tonight. Thank you, guys. Thank you very much. Look, uh, I think Mexico has to step up, and if they don't, tariffs will go on, and if they go high, the companies are going to move back into the United States. That's all. It's very simple. Uh, the people aren't going to have to worry about paying the tax because the companies are going to move back in to the United States. There won't be any tariff. As far as China is concerned, China wants to make a deal. I have no doubt about it. And uh, the every signal is they want to, and at the right time, probably that will happen. But right now, they're paying many billions of dollars to the United States. We never got that before from China. And we haven't even started. It's relative peanuts compared to the numbers that we're talking about. But I think China wants to make a deal, and Mexico, you know, wants to make a deal. They have their entire delegation right now going over to probably the White House location, but to negotiate with our people. It's headed up by Mike Pompeo and Bob Lighthizer, and Mike Pence is uh, involved. So we have a great group. But Mexico, look, uh, the drugs that are coming in, the people that are coming in unchecked, uh, they're swamping up, or they're coming up by the millions. Mexico can stop it. They have to stop it. Otherwise, we just won't be able to do business. It's a very simple thing. And I think they will stop it. I think they want to do something. I think they want to make a deal. And they sent their top people to try and do it. We'll see what happens today. We should know something. Okay, thank you very much, everybody. Thank, thank you. you. All right. So that was talking about Mexico and China. So what I want to discuss first before we get into listening to what Trudeau had to say about returning ISIS fighters and um, this inquiry on genocide. This is really important. I wanted you guys to uh, pay attention to what he said, that the tariffs are working right now with the stress that we have put on China they are complying. They are filling up our treasury. It is beautiful. Now, in regards to Mexico, you guys know that I love Cindy Gomez-Shemp. And yesterday, she had she was elated because the tariffs are actually working. And we'll discuss that before, you know, and that'll help us roll into what the Justice Department is doing and what ICE is doing. So that way you can see what is going on. Now, um, Mexico is a big issue. Uh, the border is a big issue that has to do with terrorism, too. Not just human and child trafficking, but terrorism. Before we get into it, listen to what Eyebrowgate Trudeau had to say about returning ISIS fighters. Just listen to what a socialist prime minister has to say, one that is lacking in power and still hoping. This is the kind of rhetoric we've been used to through Obama, right? Take a listen. Hello, Hello, Murray. Um, thank you for taking our questions. Uh, a number of nations signed a statement yesterday pledging, essentially, no more D-Days. How realistic is that in today's international environment, and were you thinking of any particular country when crafting that and signing it? I think one of the important things about today is not just remembering the incredible sacrifices made 75 years ago by uh, so many young soldiers who ended up uh, far from home is the ideals that they were fighting for, what they were sacrificing for. Um, the ideals of freedom, of defense of human rights, of rights, uh, the idea of democracy. These are things that we remember today. These are things that uh, we need to build into our future. And I think any opportunity we have to recommit ourselves to a world in which rights are respected, in which 
individuals are given full opportunities in which freedom from violence and oppression is uh, something we can all agree on is important. Uh, we know there will always be challenging times in the world, but by remembering moments of the past, we can always do better as we look to the future. Just as a quick follow-up, there was no representative of the royal family here today. Why was that? I was uh, pleased to spend yesterday with uh, Her Majesty the Queen and, and His Royal Highness uh, at a very moving ceremony in Portsmouth. I understand that the uh, British have uh, a ceremony going on this afternoon uh, down at the uh, British Landing Space. Uh, I was pleased to be here today with so many Canadians, so many veterans, with the Prime Minister of France. Um, this is a moment for commemoration that all countries are engaging in their ways. Good afternoon, Prime Minister. Good to see you. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about the genocide finding in the Missing and Murdered Women Inquiry. Not so much is it or not, but certainly for some people around the world, a finding of genocide, people at the United Nations and elsewhere, now think it's time to investigate this genocide. And I wonder what you think about whether this pursues or would help reconciliation prosecuting or investigating Canadian institutions or even Canadian individuals, historical individuals, for a potential genocide. Our focus on calling uh, the inquiry into missing and murdered Indigenous women and girls was very much on putting an end to this ongoing national tragedy. And that's why um, the work that the commissioners and the commission and the families who shared their heartbreaking stories uh, was so important in establishing what happened and more so uh, creating a path forward. Uh, our focus as a government, our focus as Canadians, our focus as a world needs to be on moving forward in ways that respect uh, Indigenous peoples, support Indigenous languages and culture, and put an end to the terrible violence that uh, continues in Canada and elsewhere around the world. And I think if the work that Canada has done to highlight um, the challenges that we have faced and that in some ways are ongoing, uh, then I think the world has a, a, a positive lesson to learn. All right. So two key things here. They've been busted for the abuses that they have done on their indigenous people in Canada, period. Okay. They've been busted. The majority of that has to do with human organ trafficking. I'm telling you this, you could take it at face value. You could say whatever you want, but the indigenous people of Canada and certain indigenous native American people within the United States have a very specific haplo group. It is very unique and haplo groups. And uh, this is just a short, you know, lesson in the sciences is that as human beings, when we are created in the womb, uh, people need to understand that there's two types of DNA that we take. Every single one of you have only your mother's mitochondrial DNA. Hence the fact that they could trace back all the way to the first woman or what they call Eve because, uh, you know, a human being when created can only have the mitochondrial DNA of the parent, of the, of the mother, okay? Because the mitochondrial DNA from the male sperm never survives because it is actually used to propel to, you know, fertilize the egg. Just, just so you guys understand, I'm trying to break it down. So mitochondrial DNA... There are only 23 haplogroups across 
the planet. So that means 23 different genetic types of human beings. Genetic on the fact of mitochondrial DNA. And mitochondrial DNA is very different from the DNA you have that provides you the phenotypic, you know, characteristics that you carry of your parent. Okay. So what is the mitochondrial DNA? It's actually like bacterial. It's very simple. It's circular and it's very unique. It is iron clad and it is very important because that is the genetic code to few, to write, it is the basis of the genetic code for every single cell in your body. So you have mitochondria in every single cell because they're the batteries of the cell. I'm telling you this and I want you to pay attention. The indigenous genocide and the abuse that is happening in Canada and that we see in certain Native American reservations within the United States are down to the fact of the haplogroup that they are assigned to. You know, you know when you watch a movie and they're trying to find the serial killer or they're trying to find the link or to find or predict or connect, right? What do they do? They find the common factor, the common factor here is their haplogroup. So you have to understand, why is it that these people are being targeted? The only commonality that they have is their mitochondrial DNA. So I wanted to put that out there so it sits in so you can understand that when we have certain attacks on groups of people, it is understood that there's always going to be a commonality, kind of like serial killers. You know, the girl always has blonde hair or uh, the guy is a truck driver, you know, and th th whatever. There's a commonality. This is the commonality. Another note. Did you see how he didn't answer the question as to why no representative of the royal family appeared at the D-Day celebrations? Like I said, President Trump strong-armed them, Correct. I told you that the conversation that went down between tea and dinner was, I want to see Assange. I want to talk to Assange. I want Assange. And I also want to see how my people used your intelligence agency. So that way I can remedy. So this does not happen again, or else we can't share information. So this went down in Portsmouth. These conversations, these agreements went down there and they left bitter. Why? Remember when in between tea and in between dinner, what amazing thing happened? The arrest of George Nader. George Nader, who knew there was an indictment out on him, who had fled the country and he was just fine. So why in the world, knowing that there is an indictment out there for you, that you are going to be arrested for child pornography. Why would you fly back out of all days and out of all times during that period of time? And I tweeted out a picture of him, which I didn't tweet out the specific one where he poses with some members of the royal family. And we all know Prince Andrew is involved. But what happened yesterday? Did you guys see the news? Uh-huh. This is why they didn't appear for the D-Day celebrations. The Department of Justice opened up a new investigation on Jeffrey Epstein. 
what was that picture that I tweeted out about? People need to understand that leverage is key, especially when dealing with corrupt human beings, with nefarious human beings, with evil human beings. In the end, they usually trip over their own feet. They pull their own pants down. And it's only a matter of patience and waiting for that to happen. And when you shoot and you say, hey, this is what I want. This is going to be the deal. And they sit there and say, well, why would I do that? I'm all in powerful. I do this. That's when you pull your card. And that's when you use it. So now this has happened. I want to see how quickly declassification will happen because we still have that card. And it is important that we utilize that correctly. Now, if we see that declassification is stymied in regards to exposing the five eyes and nine eyes partners that were involved in this whole coup orchestrated by disgraced former President Barack Obama, then we can see that there was indeed some compromise from the UK side. Hence their bitterness not to appear at a D-Day celebration. That's pretty incredible. We'll pick up right after this break. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr. and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switch to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it. But we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855 700 2978 855-700-2978 855-700-2978 That's 855-700-2978 Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state, and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219, 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
plus it's machine washable and dryable. MyPillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. MyPillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. MyPillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tori Sess Show. I'm your host, Tori. So before we get into more details uh, in regards to what uh, ICE is going with the border and everything, what I wanted you guys to um, understand is that Pelosi has literally come out and said that she wants Trump to be in prison. This is making worldwide headlines. Worldwide throughout Europe, Asia, Africa, and Australia, and Africa only in certain places, South America, Central America, Pelosi has come out and they're saying that Trump, uh, she wants to see President Trump in and she wants to see him in prison. According to the report in Politico, Pelosi made the remark at a meeting on Tuesday night as House Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler asked to be able to begin an impeachment inquiry. She said, I don't want to see him impeached. I want to see him in prison. That should tell you everything you need to know. How are you going to put a man in prison that has revamped our economy? I want to tell you guys, so I have um, decided that I wanted to kind of take advantage of the markets, right? Just so you understand. So there's like this app called Acorn. I don't know if you guys know about it. I mean, I'm just telling you what I'm doing. I'm not being paid to endorse or anything. But my money has grown. Let me give you the percentage within a week, right? So I have two different funds. So I have one fund where I put, you know, a couple hundred dollars and that's actually grown incredibly. But what I did was I went into a moderate, uh, aggressive account and I invested just for test, just for a test. Remember this $5. I swear to you just $5. And I did this last week and that $5 is now $20 and 13 cents. Now, obviously, it had gone to like 15, then dropped to 12, and then went up. But I picked a moderately aggressive portfolio, which means it has like 10% government bonds, 10% corporate, and 38% large company stocks, 14% small company stocks. I'm reading it off to you from my app. Emerging market stocks are only 4%, real estate 8%, and international large company stocks at 16%. Now, yesterday, that specific test that I'm doing gained 8 cents. The day before that, it gained $3 and something. So within almost a week, and to be exact, it's nine days, that $5 now is $20.13. I'm just putting it out there so you can see and understand just how great he is boosting this economy. And these are all big box companies in these um, markets. So these people are desperate. 
Because if every single person did the same experiment, right, just to test it and see just how awesome he is as a president, uh, I think all of you would be impressed. Um, so uh, that's 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 pretty cool, right? That he is moving our markets. He is making us richer. He is strong arming people. And these tariffs at the border are working like nobody's business. And speaking of border... I wanted to play a clip from Build the Wall. Uh, It was sent to me this morning. Uh, Let me get it up. And basically, it talks, you know, where they were building the wall independently, right? Build the wall. Well, during the time that they were there, they actually stopped seven Syrian immigrants. And I'm going to play a video for you where uh, they actually say it themselves. Uh, I want you to take a listen where they're talking about what they're doing at the wall and how it's going. But I want you to listen to how he says, we caught seven Syrian illegal immigrants. It's important, Syrian, because all of us keep thinking it's Hondurans, Guatemalans, etc. Syrian. And then I'm going to play a clip for you with Cindy where she, you know, was so happy because these tariffs are working. And yesterday, uh, the day before yesterday, I told you that they were going to be meeting with the foreign minister and they're going to be talking. Well, they have those talks. And it seems like they're really serious about it because in the end, our stock market is going to shoot up through the sky because they're all going to be coming to the United States. No one wants to pay more money. Take a listen to this. New Mexico... June 3rd, 2019, Foreman Mike with We Build the Wall Construction. As you can see, we're down at the base of the Rio Grande looking up to the west. You can get an actual look at the 31% grade that has been overcome in less than 10 days. We're moving down to the front. We look off to the east. We're standing at the Rio Grande Dam with the beautiful Rio Grande River. Ourselves. Look up to the white line, you'll see the cartel members with their binoculars. They're looking at us, we're going at it with them every single night. We're putting a stop to this. We built our wall, we're coming across with the permission of Jane Harkins, the International Board of Water Commissioner, who we sincerely thank for stepping forward, letting us put up a gate and platform system to protect the Border Patrol, DHS, and IBWC security personnel. If they come over here a little further, our crews are clearing out the ditch lines, so we have free water flow. We'll have all this corrected this afternoon. But people, we have to talk. This is a critical, critical junction where the cartels as well as the illegals and human sex traffickers are using people. It's terrible. Seven Syrians were caught here Saturday night by our people. Our people. Our people. Terrible. Did you hear that? So the people that are building the wall, the people that are there building the wall were pointing in the video, and you can find it on Facebook on um, POV Now. Just look for that page. Uh, you know, it's from Foreman Mike, or you can go to Build the Wall Inc., their Facebook page, where he was giving the update. He's telling you, look, there they are with their binoculars, the cartels looking at us. Look at them. They're right there. And we're going to build this here. Excuse me. And he said, we, 
the construction workers, you know, the ones that were putting up the wall where he was showing the 31% grade, you know, the incline, right? Um, We caught seven Syrian illegal immigrants. They caught them. Guys, this is a problem, right? Because it's not just the human organ trafficking, drug trafficking that is there. We have a problem with terrorism. Terrorism causes instability within a nation. When 9-11 was orchestrated, the citizens of the United States, without thought, without consideration for future generations, forfeited their rights to privacy in the name of safety. In the name of safety for an orchestrated terrorist event against the people of the United States, that is questionable, that has a lot of questions more than answers, a lot of uh, theater as opposed to fact, but nevertheless, almost instantly, everyone decided to forfeit their right to privacy in the name of safety. This is how you get someone to do something they would normally never do when they are scared, when they are threatened, and when the chair that they sit on trembles because the foundation is lacking. This is how you control people through fear. It is imperative we get the wall. It is imperative that we stand by that. And um, right now, I actually really want to play this clip because Cindy, uh, being, you know, she's she's Mexican too, and I've had her on my show many times. Uh, she went into the studio uh, with our Fox affiliate, and uh, I uh, simply adore this reporter too, Chris Berg, where they talked about it and how the tariffs are actually working. Here's a one-minute clip. Take a listen. Escorting, they call it, uh, people in the caravan. I call it smuggling. Um, they are, Edie Nail is a co- an unindicted co-conspirator in the trial that is taking place right now of Scott Warren, one of these humanitarian aid workers of no more deaths. And the question that I and many people were asking is, why isn't anyone else being arrested, especially from the Mexican side? Edie Nail is a dual citizen, but uh, Mexico wasn't doing anything to stop him, and he was out in public all the time. But I guess what I'm getting at is, again, do you think these threats of terror and now the U.S. and Mexico working close together. Do you think it had any impact on these two people getting arrested? Definitely. Definitely, because this has been going on for over a year now, Chris, and these people have been acting with impunity in Mexico. Nobody has stopped them. In fact, Mexicans that I talked to today said, we still don't see any action from the Mexican president against these smugglers, and then hours later, arrested. I was like, wow. Escort. Did you get that? The tariffs are working. So the Mexican government now is pushing forward and um, uh, stating that, you know, we're going to do something about it. And President Trump had to say something about that. He actually said, I don't want to hear anything about cartels. Did you guys catch that? Uh, I'll try to pull up the video because I found that extraordinary and pretty telling as to what the president meant by that. Um I'll pull up the fir- the full 10-minute interview because it was really incredible to see that the president said, I don't care about the cartels. You know, bottom line is you need to do something. And in, in, in all actual fact, right, we all know that the cartels uh, run Mexico, but they also run the United States. They also run the United States. So 
the deal that we have, the issues that we have at the border are not just ours. Because Mexico is suffering too. The Mexican people do not want, they don't want illegal migrants uh, flooding their country. They don't want this to keep perpetuating and happening. And the president has said, Mexico is doing nothing. You know, Doug Collins said that the majority of the people that come to the border with children admit to having, uh, you know, children with them because they know that they can get in the border like that and released within the United States. This is being allowed. This is human trafficking, child trafficking. This is disgusting. And the fact that they're allowing this to happen, the fact that Mexico is not doing something to fix it is a problem. Here, I found the clip. Take a listen. Mexico Vice President Pence, Secretary of State Pompeo is, are the tariffs having an impact? Are they going to move the needle to get Mexico to do more at the southern border? Well, our next guest shared with me this uh, article out of a, I guess, a news source out of Mexico. I want to share this with you real quickly about what uh, they put out just a few hours ago. But essentially, it says, hey, just moments ago, and this, unfortunately, I thought I translated it. So, But it basically says, hey, we just started our operation Catch the Migrants at the Southern Border. So that could be some good news about some movement due to these tariffs. And I do want to give a shout out tonight to Senator Kevin Kramer. As I'm sure you've seen, a lot of these spineless GOP senators are melting because President Trump wants to use these tariffs as as a negotiation tool But Senator Kevin Kramer, got to give him credit, people. He's got a spine. He's using it. He's standing strong with President Trump and saying, look, we need to stand united. We need to stand united with our president. Otherwise, Mexico might see some weakness there and delay their their ability to negotiate with us. So hopefully some of these spineless GOP senators will maybe have a conversation with Kevin Kramer and he can, I don't know, teach them how to build their spine there in D.C. or something that effect. So we want to find out. The reason I'm excited for our next guest is, is we get an idea of what's happening here in the States. I think it's important to understand as well is how much leverage does President Trump potentially have, meaning what's happening in Mexico? What are the people of Mexico saying? What, what, what's going on with what's their communication to their president? AMLO. And so joining us tonight from the Mexican Crossing Lines, Cindy Gomez-Sham. Welcome to the show. It's always great to have you here. The foreign minister just wrapped up his press conference. Some of it was in Espanol. Your translation quickly of that to our audience is what? Well, he didn't really give a lot of specifics about any agreements that were reached. In fact, he said that they didn't reach any agreements. Uh, Everybody just put uh, everything on the table, what they wanted. And, of course, uh, the United States wants immediate uh, effect for anything that happens, not long-term. And Mexico's uh, Ebrad said that Mexico has to look at migration differently, which um, I'm not sure what that means, but I think he's saying we need to have long-term plans, not just immediate effect plans. That's fair. It, it is fair, but what was really shocking to me was the fact that um, this kind of, I'm n- n- not really giving a, a concrete answer, um, is juxtaposed to what's happening at the southern border that you just saw, the troops that I showed you on the video. So while he's kind of being tight-lipped and keeping everything open and saying everything is very respectful, uh, there are things that are happening. And by the way, last week the National Guard was sent to the southern border. So this isn't something that just started. She's referring to the southern border of Mexico. Fast. And how much do they attribute to the fact that President Trump is saying, even in, in the UK, as look, we're putting these tariffs on. This is what's going to happen. How much do you think the tariffs are getting AMLO to go, you know what, 
we've got to put, because they put now police and army down at the southern border for pretty much the first time, correct? And they're having confrontations with the migrants. I was just watching those before I came over to the studio. Uh, they're not pretty confrontations, but they're actually happening. Now, what I hope doesn't happen is that violence breaks out and that the uh, Inami, that the federal police, that the military are overrun, beaten, abused, or even killed, because that has already happened. But do you attribute the movement that is happening in Mexico to the threat of tariffs? I do. In fact, the last time the president made a threat to Mexico, he didn't keep it. And I think he that didn't. that opened the door wide for everybody to go, okay, well, this is a window of opportunity. We better take it now. And that's what's really ramped up all of this increased migration to the point that we're seeing it now. And what you mean specifically is when he said, hey, I'm going to shut down the southern border. He didn't do that. Mm -hmm. You also mentioned that they did not make a deal yet. President Trump tweeted out just a few minutes ago that, hey, look, the talks are going to continue tomorrow. If there's not a deal reached by tomorrow, the tariffs will go in effect on Monday. I want to play a clip for you, Cindy, um, from President Trump. This is this is key. pressure. Uh, he this was with was Theresa May. Good. He said something that you and I have talked about that jumped out to me, and I heard it a certain way. I want to hear your point of view on it and explain it to our audience. And I don't want to hear that Mexico is run by the cartels and the drug lords and the coyotes. I don't want to hear about that. A lot of people are saying that. Mexico has something to prove. But I don't want to hear that they're run by the cartels. You understand. You report on it all the time. A lot of people do. That would be a terrible thing. Mexico should step up and stop this onslaught, this invasion into our country, John. And, uh... Pun intended here. Your point of view on that is what? Well, I mean, they are running the country in Mexico. You can't ignore the fact that the cartels have a huge, huge influence in politics and here in the United States as well. It's not like it's only happening in Mexico. So... That aside, the president has a point. Mexico can do more. Mexico could do more. And today, it struck a blow to Irineo Mujica of Pueblo Sin Fronteras and Cristobal Sanchez of Pueblo Sin Fronteras, one of the lead organizations being investigated for human trafficking and smuggling in connection with the cartels. So what happened to it? They got arrested. They got arrested. And we've been saying that for a long time. If there isn't a punishment for the act of trafficking, then it's open season. So just because people don't follow as closely. So you get that, right? If there is no punishment, you know, for what you're doing, then why even, you know, say that, hey, don't do this. Truth be said, the president said he was going to shut down the border and he didn't because he couldn't because the Democrats made sure that he couldn't. This time with the tariffs, they can't stop him on this. And it's actually working. We do know that they have, uh, like Cindy acknowledged, reinforced their southern border. And indeed, there is strong fear, and I share it, uh, in regards to violence that will outbreak from all these non-legitimate unelected cartelish movements and power that they have within the, within Mexico and the United States. Okay. Because the cartels run a lot of things within the United States. It is important for us to understand that it is important for us to appreciate the situation that the Mexican people are in too. So how do we fix this? The bottom line is AMLO has to take a decision. He has to take a stand and the one way that he can do this in a more passive and non-confrontational way is to stymie 
and castrate those that help the migrants. Meaning, when you see these Americans coming into your country, when you see these gatherings of people that sit and um, have discussions and uh, educate these migrants that are coming off these caravans of how to go to the border, those are the people that you should be arresting. The people that are organizing, the people that are educating. If you don't want to confront the cartels yet on the drugs, maybe you can help minimize the push toward the border by castrating the orchestrators. Because there's a maestro. And that maestro is the one that is paying for these caravans. And even though President Trump has cut USAID to these uh, nations where these caravans are deriving from, They're finding alternative funding sources, and that could be through cartels that are using money that is coming through other organizations, through the Caribbean, through safe havens, through the Democrats. Because it all points back to Puerto Rico, and then you have to wonder, didn't they all go to Puerto Rico in January? And that's a developing story of tracing the money and finding the money. The bottom line is we have a crisis at the border. We are trying to deal with it. And ICE is at the forefront. ICE is the one being attacked more so. We hear Ilhan Omar. We hear Rashida Tlaib. We hear um, all the Democrats, especially the newbies, claiming that ICE needs to be eradicated, right? Claiming that. Now, before we get into it, as you can see, the war, in air quotes, right, the battle that we have for our border is ramping up. The foreign relations issues are now in our court, and we have full control. You can see that from the D-class announcement to the actions of the royal family and to the responses that you are seeing from every single representative of foreign countries during D-Day and during this banquet and during these meetings. It's pretty incredible. So on the foreign relations side, we're good. Now, let's rewind to two weeks ago. I brought up former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid. Remember? I talked about him. No one talked about him. He's a former senator. He's not been in the news. And I advised you all that it was very important to pay attention to Mr. Harry Reid because he was the first senator to make make note and discuss the dossier in the Senate on November 1st. I said that. You know, he's the guy with Theraman, the guy that, you know, was indicted by the FBI and while he was running, lost the election. And then once he lost the election, they dropped the charges. Pretty weird. And then he had pancreatic cancer, but then he sued Theraband because the, the band flicked and hit him in the face. It's the most retarded thing I've ever heard. And he's claiming that Theraband flicking and hitting him in the face was the reason that he was sick and the ergo lost the Senate seat. And it had nothing to do that he was federally indicted, you know, on the eve of the elections, whatever. So this guy now came back into the news suddenly. Tory spoke about him, right? I did, didn't I? And I told, and what happened? There he goes. He appeared. Because if, if we're all paying attention, you can see which players are going to be popping up. And so he came out. There was a whole political article. And what he said in an interview with USA Today, too, 
It's not the right thing to do nothing. It's not the right thing to jump into impeachment without doing an inquiry. He is leading the movement to initiate an impeachment inquiry. And now we're seeing, you know, Nadler and Pelosi saying, well, we can't really do it because we don't have support. I mean, even CNN is saying it. They don't have support to start an inquiry. Yet for some reason, they have John Dean talking on Monday. That is an inquiry. See, then they're starting to redefine the word impeachment like we talked about yesterday. And Nancy Pelosi coming out and saying the people don't know what impeachment is. It is really important that people pay attention to who's coming out and who's speaking. Remember, Reed's comments are very notable because he, right, was Senate minority leader in a Republican-controlled House that voted to impeach Clinton. The Senate didn't convict him in the trial that followed, but the impeachment effort rebounded politically against GOP candidates in the 1998 midterm elections. That's what he says. So he acknowledged the potential blowback and the likelihood that current GOP-controlled Senate would never vote to remove Trump from office, which is super weird because the bottom line is I don't even think the Democrats have the cojones to do this. And when you see all this coming out, talking impeachment, when it is being discussed how Scandals are growing. I mean, how do FBI reports not, how did they not write FBI reports when they were, uh, you know, uh, interrogating Hillary Clinton? It's a big deal. So now after this break, I'm going to come back and tell you what the Justice Department is so you can see the trend of what they're doing. And we'll discuss ICE in more detail, pointing to examples and uh, recent happenings so we can understand why the war is on ICE. On that note, I'll see you all in just a bit. Welcome to Red State Talk Radio. You're listening to Tori Says for the next hour. I'll be your host, Tori. We'll be discussing news, foreign and domestic. Unfiltered news. Real news. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. I'm your host, Tory. So, 
I before we start on ice, I wanted to remind you guys of shows of the days of yore. Shows from November, December, and January, and February, where I was talking to you guys about General Flynn. Remember, I told you that General Flynn is not going to be undergoing uh, sentencing in March, and I said that in November. I also said that we will see some shift in changes with the new post-dated date of his trial. I also mentioned that the changes that we will see is a change of withdrawal in plea. And today was now announced that he is changing his counsel, and of course he is. See, the good guys always support the good guys, and we never come up from the front. You know, you never, ever, ever, ever show your friends. You never let them know you're coming. You, you, you fight the battle on your own because, you know, your friends, in the end, will be the ones that will give you the final blow needed to complete your task. You will know that the real good guys always keep the other good guys safe. At this point, the one thing that I want to do is thank Victoria Tonsing uh, and um, Joe DeGeneva for taking care of my general. They are taking care of my general. All the good guys are taking care of our and mine, because I like to think he's mine, because he was, um, general. And we will see exactly what I said was going to happen, which is Trump Flynn 2020, maybe, because we still haven't heard the Trump Pence 2020 yet, have we? It was only at one point that um, uh, a reporter friend of mine, Chris, said, uh, Tori, but he did say, hey, Mike, you going to run with me for 2020? we all know what that means so as we see things are moving along as planned as we see things on that front of exposing the deep-seated corruption that has been festering in our nation for over seven decades is coming undone And there is panic everywhere. And this is why we see more of this uh, facade, this fake news, kind of like, you know, where they were like, North Korea executed the guy that Pompeo's working with. And they made this whole big deal and talked about it. And now that the guy ended up being at a theater, enjoying theater, and he's alive and kicking, you don't see them reporting that, do you? I want you guys, uh, you know, those of you that are active and want to understand, remember, I've always said, where do you look? You look at what the president is telling you, but you also see trends. So the Department of Justice has been cracking down on cities and states that have been committing fraud. Fraud to the fact of misuse of disaster funds, right? We're seeing it everywhere misuse of federal funds everywhere because it's not enough to clear the top of the pyramid right because if your foundation is dirty and rotten it's only gonna drop the whole pyramid right it's, it's kind of like 
you have to. But all of these things are being done incognito with all these sealed indictments, aren't they? So here we are where we have trends. And if you look at the Justice Department's uh, news that's going around, we have um, a lot of that going on, city and state governments. But one thing that we are also seeing is uh, foreign citizens being arrested, foreign citizens being indicted. Specific one that I want to discuss is one that was announced on June 4th. Uh, labeled two indictments unsealed charging Iranian citizen with violating U.S. export laws and sanctions against Iran. So a guy named uh, Payman Larijani, he's an Iranian, a former resident of Istanbul. Where's that? Turkey. Okay. He was charged in the United States on two separate indictments. A 34-count indictment returned on April 22nd, 2015, charged him and a Turkish-based company, Crawl Aviation. And remember, I talked about airplanes before. There is a case that I was trying to put out there and talk about, but I guess it wasn't the right timing, uh, that involved a company up in New England of the United States whose CEO is actually a chairman of the Federal Reserve that had to do with selling airplanes to Iran. The Federal Reserve chairman did not get indicted, was not facing any criminal or civil suits, but all the other guys were. The other guys that had no idea what was going on, but they were the COOs and, you know, CFOs, and they just thought of it as a simple transaction on behalf of their client. This is something that is important for us to understand that a corrupt network such as the deep state that runs, uh, that used to run our country, they need funding. This is how they become rich. They need expansion, right? They need to find ways to subvert the facade of laws, right? So they had these Iranian sanctions under the Obama regime, but in the, in, on the back end, they were actually circumventing these sanctions by way of company through company through company to still fund Iran. Mahan Air is a big deal. This is a big deal case, and I may be analyzing it tomorrow, depending on the drop of the news today, because like I said, a lot is happening. I mean, it just was exposed, exposed, released, how can I say, that Flynn, General Flynn, has changed and fired his previous lawyers and getting new ones. You all know I love my general. You all know I already told you that this was coming. So... This is going to be awesome. This is big news because there will be a withdrawal. As we can see now, Roger Stone is coming out and saying, all right, you want to charge me? Prove it to me that the Russians hacked the DNC. Don't say I have an indictment. Show me how you came up with that indictment and how you know it was the Russians. See, this is where it comes down. This is where you let them play, let them play. You let corrupt people do their corrupt antics because in the end, you get to follow their corruption and point it out. So, Justice Department trends are all those. Also, another very important one is that there's identity document trafficking. 
I've said this before because as a victim myself of identity theft, you know, having a couple of Jose's working with my ID, uh, one of them getting prostate surgery with my name and my identification, even though I'm a female and don't have a prostate, uh, you know, it's a big deal because they sell your information so that way they can go work because not every company uses E-Verify. So it's a very big deal. So on Tuesday, a Honduran national pleaded guilty for his role in a scheme to sell identity documents below belonging to Puerto Rican U.S. citizens to individuals illegally residing in the United States. What did I say about Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico, the one that's asking for more money. Puerto Rico that was raided by the feds. Puerto Rico, well, where all the Democrats met and joined with. Puerto Rico, where the money seems to be coming from going to these caravans. Puerto Rico, where the identity documents are being sold to people on these caravans. This is, this is not something to take light. According to the admissions that he made with his guilty plea, the guy who was arrested, Jose Armando Pavon Salazar, uh, and I'll refer to him as Pavon like they do in the document here, he paid his supplier approximately $400 for the identity documents consisting of Puerto Rican birth certificates and social security card. The supplier would then use the U.S. use U.S. mail to send the documents to Pavon. The to date, dozens of persons have been convicted in connection with the scheme. Pursuant to his plea agreement, Pavan agreed to be removed to Honduras upon release from incarceration, and his sentencing is scheduled for this September. So they were literally selling social security cards and passports uh, and birth certificates, sorry. Which with a social security card and a birth certificate, you can go get yourself a what? A passport. You could get yourself a what? A driver's license. I think I've mentioned this before. You know, when I moved to the state of North Dakota, I went to swap my driver's license for a state driver's license. And, you know, up until then, I was still battling trying to like, uh, you know, remove, you know, um, Things, you know, where people were working with my name and using my name and going to hospitals with my name and information. So I was battling it out, trying to get all my documents in order and correctly. Well, here's the thing. When I went to the DMV in North Dakota, I like put in my information and, uh, you know, they told me, uh, no, uh, you, it says here you're a male and some other guy's picture popped up. And that my middle name was my first name or some BS like that. Because apparently the state that I lived in previous to that, which was the state of Oregon, um, they didn't have like that system where they all share information, like, you know, the new driver's license stuff where they, you know, for FBI services. And even then I complained, you know, my name is spelled wrong, but you know, you're never going to get anywhere with it. Right. They correct it for you. They're like, well, social security says it's this. So take it. And That was shocking for me. I mean, obviously I went into overdrive because, you know, I can't be in a state with another state's driver's license for so long, even though, you know, I, I still go back and forth to Oregon. I I have to have, you know, where I primarily reside. Right. And so this was a big issue. And this is what they do at the border. When they come in and they get released, there's gangs of people that have your information. Your information that they buy off of corrupt clowns, 
that are in offices, state offices, city offices, whatever, and they buy your information. And then they sell it to these illegal migrants who then go on about their day. The only thing they don't do so they don't get detected usually is open up bank accounts or, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, credit cards in your name. You know, if they're smart, they stay low. They work for companies that don't really use E-Verify. So they'll work on farms or, you know, gas stations or whatever that are not corporate owned. They know how to fly under the radar. And this is where ICE comes in. So it's not just that they come in in regards to um, focusing on who and um, what, the, you know, if you're foreign or not foreign, but if you actually go to their news releases and see what they actually do, you'll see that the majority of the stuff that they're doing is arresting sex offenders, arresting people for child rape child trafficking, child pornography, which we'll get into. Obviously, there's enforcement and removal, and that's part of their job, which is that they remove them from the country. Uh, Most recently, in enforcement and removal, ICE actually removed a Mexican national who was wanted for sexually abusing a minor. So on uh, January 2nd, the Attorney General's office in Sonora, Mexico, issued a warrant against Rodrigo Castillo Alvarez, for the offenses of sexual abuse or rape of a child and child molestation. And according to the Mexican records, Alvarez was alleged to be one of two predators who violated a female under the age of 12. Well, ICE from Arizona deported him back to Mexico to face those charges. Now, I know a lot of people feel, and I'm with you on this, that Mexico is not doing what they should be doing. And I understand their political climate and how they run uh, because they have the cartels, they have the coyotes. But just like President Trump said, I don't want to hear about that. You can't tell me that MS-13 and all these other cartels and the coyotes and the smugglers and the money that you're getting from the Democrats, uh, you know, is a problem. You're either a government or you're not. If you want to forfeit your entity to corrupt mobsters, then do so. But don't come and give me excuses. Well, you know, I can't. There is no I can't. You can do it. ICE in Houston arrested 23 gang members and associates during an operation that they were targeting MS-13. They also uh, detended contract employees in southern Texas for bribery. They were indicted for bribery. Are you getting this? There was a five-count indictment returned on May 28th where they took in, con- in, in custody Benito Barrientes, 42, Damian Ortiz, Exi Gomez, and, um, and they're all American citizens from Texas that were employed with Willacy County Regional Detention Center, uh, you know, where they hold migrants. And the indictment alleges that they obtained alien detainee roster list from El Valle Detention Center and the Port Isabel Service Processing Center while they were employed in their respective capacities. Now, the roster listed names, dates of birth, country of origin, and other information of alien detainees at the detention center facilities according to the charges the three individuals allegedly provided these lists to a local attorney in exchange for money 
So think, let's take a stop right there. So they just arrested people that are working for the federal government, state government, right? Where they're stealing information and giving it to a lawyer. Who is this lawyer? Who is paying this lawyer? Why did this lawyer pay them for a list of names, addresses, and date of births? This is because this is the new plan for the Democrats. The fact that they're in detention facilities, they are trying to help mitigate manufacture information, but also then provide them the legal ability to be able to stay within the country. This is disgusting. How much you want to make a bet that that lawyer has some big Democrat pockets behind him. This is what ICE does. Not only does it enforce border protection, but it, but it what? is important and imperative for Operation Predator and Project Flickr. So yesterday I tweeted out that I got a FOIA response on something that I've been working on since January of 2017. As you all know, as an investigative journalist for years now, I've been following the tracks of uh, Project Flickr and um, trying to do parts. All of us should because these are children. Well, it just so happened that, you know, underneath the guys where you're following leads of big guys. See, I don't go after the pervert that sits in the Motel 6 because he's low level. You don't need that. You need the guy with the big fat pockets, right? Or the guy with power, the guy that's law enforcement, the guy that's a senator, the guy that's a legislator. Those are the people that you focus on, right? Because they're the ones that fund these operations, not the meth head that sits in a motel and, um, you know, takes the kids, not the idiot that lures them from computers thinking that everything is safe. So in, in 2016, uh, you know, a lot of people got together and they were filing allegations, credible allegations of law enforcement within the state of North Dakota that were, um, sexually abusing children, child pornography, et cetera. Now in one of these cases from 2015, I had uh, located that there were air force men and, uh, and they were actually indicted, but you know, you lose trace of all court work too. Uh, and a woman that was pimping out her six month old baby, uh, she was actually, uh, sentenced or yeah, sentenced in 2018 from 2015 with her arrest. That led me to believe about the intricate um, kind of uh, mob rule that uh, people in power have within the state when it comes to trafficking. And this happens across the nation, right? And the source of funding this uh, high demand industry is from our borders and especially those that are unprotected. So to make the story short, one of a, a previous victim identified her predator no no, a previous victim identified her brother's predator excuse me at a target taking pictures of little girls getting naked now obviously one would think that if you see a man taking pictures of little girls undressing and women undressing you would go to your police department but unfortunately you know the Bismarck police department in North Dakota isn't to be trusted They actually had their own chaplain luring uh, minors from a computer that was never actually charged. Uh, You know, there was a case, a court file, you know, like an investigation on it, and he got away with it. So the problem that, 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 that there is, is trust issues. 
Trust issues within law enforcement, something that we're seeing as well on a federal level. Do you trust the DOJ? Do you trust the FBI? I mean, now we can. But one unit that you can always trust is ICE. ICE has been consistent from day one of their uh, inception. And they have taken the lead in pursuing child and human trafficking cases. So this information was provided along with all the allegations that have been made throughout the years based on this deputy U.S. marshal. This information was provided. And instead of the local police actually looking into it, the feds came in. And the feds came in and raided this guy's place. Computers, phones, you name it. Found videos of prepubescent and even toddlers engaging in sexual contact. Right? And this is 2016. Uh, So on October 2016... uh, you know, this U.S. Marshal, Deputy U.S. Marshal was indicted. He was indicted because of a joint effort with ICE. ICE, the FBI, and, you know, um, the Honorable Horowitz. The U.S. Attorney of the State of North Dakota recused themselves from prosecuting the Deputy U.S. Marshal. They recused themselves. In essence, the U.S. attorney from South Dakota uh, was the lead prosecutor on these uh, federal charges. A lot came out of that. See, here is what happened. They separated state and federal charges. That never happens, right? I mean, you're, if, if, you know, if you get tried in federal court for, you know, child pornography and child molestation or child, you know, uh, gross sexual imposition, uh, the pictures that you were taking of juveniles and women and target would be tacked on, wouldn't they? No, they weren't. They were kept separate and they were kept separate for a reason. And here's where we get to the for a reason. You have to remember that U.S. Marshals are appointed by the President of the United States. So obviously the U.S. Marshal at the time was named Paul Ward, who was appointed by the President of the United States at that time, which was Barack Hussein Obama. So here we have two separate cases, federal and state. So this guy gets indicted October 2016 for all these atrocities that they found with the search warrant on a federal level. And we're not talking about the target pictures yet, right? So fast forward on December 1st, 2016, a referral was made to voluntold a retirement of the U S marshal, totally quiet, totally done under cloak and dagger. No one reported it. Nobody talked about it. See, here's where ICE comes in and is very handy. So he actually resigns, uh, retires, sorry. And according to his SF-50 coding, you know, because you get coding when you get discharged or if you leave federal employment, there's certain codes. It indicates that he may have requested retirement in lieu of involuntary discharge. Now, in January of 2017, when I saw that he resigned and nobody talked about it, guess what I did? I started filing all these FOIA requests, and not just me, other people on my behalf too, and sourcing publicly available information. Now, all of these entities came back, uh, so it was ICE, which spearheaded this, 
keep in mind it was ICE that spearheaded this, and we'll get into more detail what ICE does in the next half hour too. But ICE spearheaded this. And they all were referring to some document. And I couldn't put my head around, what is this document? And while I was on air um, talking in January of this year, I thought, wait a minute. I need his personnel records. I need to see his personnel records. And maybe that's what they're referring to. And so my FOIA request was finally approved. I, I got a letter from them in March saying, oh, um, for some reason, we're having a backlog and a delay. We'll get back to you right soon. I'm thinking, what? This is a personnel record. You can pull it out. Well, yesterday, I received my response. And not only did I receive my response, but some funny things have happened since I filed that request. Um, and I just have to say, and without saying more on that, I have to thank ICE. All of us should actually acknowledge just what ICE does, not only enforces and protects our borders, but they are protectors of our children. And children who have no name, no face, that one would consider of a lesser God, these children that are a victim of child trafficking. I'll see you all in a bit. Hello, my fellow patriots. My name is Michael Flynn Jr., and I am the proud son of General Flynn. Your support of the last two years has been incredible and will never be forgotten. If you'd like to continue supporting General Flynn, you can donate to our legal defense fund. Any donation is welcome. To donate, go to www.mikeflynndefensefund.org. Thank you, and God bless America. How did you become addicted? A friend? Were you at a party and someone said, hey, try this? Then you got the cold sweats and started shaking. And the more you did it, the more it didn't work. So you switched to the needle. Now you're a train wreck. Drinking, drugging, broke. Your family hates you. And you hate you. Get out of your hell on earth now. Call the Detox and Treatment Helpline today for immediate help. In many cases, your insurance may cover the costs. We can't guarantee it, but we can guarantee we have what you need to change your life for the better. Pick up your cell phone and call right now. 855-700-2978-855-700-2978-855-700-2978. That's 855 855- 729-78. Guaranteed life insurance with no medical exam. Sounds great, right? Even better, your rates will never increase and benefits will never decrease. If you're a U.S. citizen between 50 and 80, you can get life insurance guaranteed. It's not guaranteed in every state and you may not qualify for every policy, but when you call, you'll speak with a licensed insurance company. They'll give you all the details about guaranteed life insurance. So call now, 1-800-707-1219. 1-800-707-1219. Hey, this is Leonora Cravota from Red State Talk Radio for My Pillow. I used to have trouble sleeping. My pillow changed all that. I now fall asleep within moments of my head touching my pillow. That's how comfortable my pillow is with its patented interlocking fill. My pillow stays cool and does not go flat. 
Plus, it's machine washable and dryable. My Pillow has a 10-year warranty and a 60-day comfort guarantee. My Pillow is also the official pillow of the National Sleep Foundation, and it's made right here in the USA. My Pillow is now offering Red State Talk Radio listeners a four-pack special with two premium standard or queen pillows and two go-anywhere pillows. That's four pillows for the price of one. To take advantage of this special offer, call 1-800-961-9194 and ask for promo code Red State. That's 1-800-961-9194, promo code Red State. Put sleepless nights behind you with my pillow, the most comfortable pillow you will ever own. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Tory Says Show. So this is the last half hour, and I want to get into the nitty-gritty. Like I said, I want to thank ICE. U.S. Immigrations and Custom Enforcement is not just about stopping you at the border. It's not just about deporting criminals. And it's not just about helping people like me who were victim of identity theft by illegal migrants. It's not. What it's about is sticking up for the vulnerable. Think about it. Because you are most vulnerable as a citizen and they are the first, you know, line of defense for who comes to your country. They are the ones that set the tone of our national security. I mean, people would say it's homeland. People would say it's the CIA and whatnot. I mean, we also have, like I've told you, the NRO. But in actual fact, the most visible agency and the most important agency for me as an American citizen is ICE because their job deals with the most vulnerable and most critical elements for national security. They guard our ports of entry and they also look after those that cannot speak for themselves. I urge you just to go to ICE.gov and see just how many people they have indicted and throughout the years Even, you know, remember when, um, in that article where I wrote, where they had 5,000 names of Pentagon officials, people of very senior stature in Congress, in the Senate, all in possession of child pornography, child molestation videos, and even taping themselves. But... What we need to understand is they, anytime you can, tweet it out to them. Thank you for being one of the most important elements to ensure our national security. So um, on the 4th of this month, they actually helped and led to, you know, actually arrest and pleaded guilty a South Carolina teacher guy named Eric, I I think we talked about him months ago when he was indicted for sharing child pornography through Dropbox and whatnot. But here's the thing. They didn't find Eric from Eric. It's not like Eric is going to come out and say, I'm a pedo and I hang out around kids and I'm a teacher. No, 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 no. That's not how they find them. See, this database with the 5,000 people that are military, 
that are government, that are from the Pentagon, that are in Senate, that are in Congress, that may be there still today and may not. They all have connections. And this is where it leads me to state that referring back to what I was talking about, about this deputy U.S. Marshal, do you not think that ICE has already looked forensically, which they did, into his communications? Because, see, the way they work is through apps like Kick, Dropbox, you know, where they share, you know, this type of media with their friends. Imagine how many people this U.S. deputy marshal within the state of North Dakota is taking down right now. Hence the 500 plus sealed indictments. And these are big people. I mean, after all, the North Dakota U.S. marshal resigned. Mm, Wait, took voluntary retirement. Let's rephrase. And when the response that I received from the marshals division where I asked for the personnel record it was a cause of action retirement document you know and in their in their introduction guess what they told me well we have redacted any personal identifying information which is black redactions b6 right mhm but everything else was whited out but guess what they told me in the intro letter we have removed a specific deputy U.S. Marshal's name from the record. And I'll tell you what, guys, the whole thing was blank. And guess who is the one that provides this record? It's not the federal headquarters of the U.S. Marshals. It's the state of North Dakota. So the question is, why would the state conceal the retirement documentation or the application for retirement of the U.S. Marshal, that is open record. And why would your retirement information include the name of now convicted child pornography felon pedo? Why? Think about it. The omission that they have there is just one of many that will be coming down. One of many. And just for all of you who are former law enforcement and that understand, when there's a federal charge, everything goes through federal. Yet for some reason, they left it state and federal. (laughs) And that was done after President Trump took office. Because you know what I've said before. We all just need to be patient because in the end, corrupt, dirty, nefarious, evil, these people are sick. They pull their own pants down. I mean, even the police officer that I spoke to, because apparently since um, after I filed this Marshall thing, the detective that was leading the case is is on indefinite leave. It's pretty weird, isn't it? And after I filed this question, you know, to get this record, which by the way, the record was a screenshot of, you know, the, the Epic system that they have for these records. Uh, It's called Epic. Um, and they have that at hospitals too, right? Everywhere. They had redacted all of it and gave a printout that was archived printout blank 
from 12, 19, 2016. How is that giving me his personnel records? State of North Dakota. So this is where I'm going with this ice is the one where, you know, through FOIA, through uh, public information, led me to that document because this is their job. They look after those that cannot speak. They look after those that you don't even know exist. They look after those who their moms forgot about them. Their dads forgot about them. They look after all these young children that have no name. And they prosecute hard. Yesterday, a repeat sex offender that was sentenced to 10 years in prison for possession of images of child rape and molestation in Seattle. We have more in Seattle. So many things are happening in Seattle. And now Pete, Mayor Pete, wants to be president. Dude, your city is in a state. How do you even think that you're going to be running for president and have a chance? All we have to do is look at what the state of your city is. Like, how is this happening? This is incredible that people don't seem to understand. The only, why would ICE be fighting and chasing child traffickers, child molesters, human traffickers? Why? Because the source is where? From our borders. That's where the source is. From our borders. They do so much for those that cannot speak. I mean, it's, it's, it's really hard for people to, to understand just how important the securing of our ports of entry is. It is. Because we think, FBI, yeah, raw. No, they cooperate. But it is these guys that do the job that is needed. You know, earlier I said, you know, usually illegal migrants that buy IDs and social security cards or whatever, they're not as bold to go open up bank accounts and credit cards. Some of them are stupid enough to do it, um, especially when they see the other person is maybe not financially savvy or whatever. But, you know, yesterday again, uh, ICE they, uh, from Nebraska, there was an illegal alien from Guatemala and he was sentenced to two years in federal prison for identity theft and false claim to U.S. citizenship. Use somebody else's social security number, basically. He used somebody else's information uh, to pose as an American citizen. Now, uh, why is ICE so important? So remember at the first hour I played that clip where they had a, um, themselves, the Build the Wall Inc., the private contractors that are building the wall, where someone started to say they didn't have a permit, but obviously didn't stop them, right? There's, there's, it's still there. Um, they stopped seven Syrian immigrants. Did you know that the majority of the people that are sneaking by are not Mexican, Guatemalan, and Honduran? Because we know that's a problem. They're just the, the, the filler, you know, like in a box with a present. They're the, the styrofoam, you know, potato chips. The meat of it inside are the migrants from West Africa, from the Middle East, and the Far East. This is the problem. So think again. Look at the people that are screaming to abolish ICE. Now, right now in Fargo, Amy um, is there, and um, Amy Klobacher, who's running for president, is there having like a rally. So I've asked if um, she
she would, if, if some, a reporter, a friend of mine there can ask her one question. The question that I have is many are calling for the abolishment of ICE. What do you think? And it's important that I say this because it is her state that she derives from, which is Minnesota, that is pushing this idea harder than anyone else. It is Keith Ellison. It is Ilhan Omar. And we also have Rashida. We have Ocasio. We have a lot of other Democrats asking to abolish ICE. And ICE is the one that is cracking down on human trafficking. ICE is imperative for human and child trafficking to be, you know, perpetrators to be held accountable. And they don't just look at the border once. But, you know, when you're rich and powerful, you order things from other states and countries, right? Like if you're having a party, you'll order hot dogs from, you know, Chicago for that party. Because, you know, the hot dogs in your city aren't that good. Or you want a certain taste. Maybe you have a a preference. So this is where ice comes in. Because if you notice, uh, you know, children, and I know this because, you know, I have a child that travels on air. They don't need photo identification to travel. And, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. Uh, obviously, the parent should be responsible to have some identification. And obviously, there are air marshals that can identify if a child is under duress. But think of it. If a child has been groomed to take that role as being part of these parties, will they show you concern? I mean, they don't know any better. Their access to information is restricted, of course. So it takes me back to, again, why are they asking for ICE to be abolished? ICE, out of everything. They're not saying Border Patrol. They're not saying ban Border Patrol. They're saying ICE. Because ICE has been very busy since President Trump took office. ICE has been following up on leads that have been buried and disallowed to be examined for nearly a decade. They're reviving and they're breathing some fresh air. They not only follow, um, you know, the child trafficking cases or the leads that they have, because if you arrest one like this U.S. deputy marshal in there, you've got text calls, emails, drop boxes, messengers, whatever to other people. And nine times out of 10 people that are in those circles run with people in those circles. It's not like the U.S. deputy marshal is sitting there chit chatting with meth heads. Right. Let's just make that straight. And, you know, the majority of the children that are being abused or used by people of power, because think about how disgusting it is. I mean, think of the disgusting state it is. This is a U.S. marshal. These are law enforcement persons that come into your house and instill their authority and take your child. I'll tell you a story about one of my witnesses. And this will be told in court. Actually, by the way, I'm going to tell you guys now. Tomorrow, I finally have my lawsuit um, being heard in court against the attorney general. So I'd love your prayers um, because he's still crying that he wants um, immunity and he's not going to get it. Um, You know, when you um, do things that you do, you should not have immunity. So anyway, going back, because the story will be told by the parents of this child from their perspective. I'm going to tell you the story from the child's perspective, the late Danny Fuller, who told me this in early 2017, and I just couldn't stomach it. He said, I was around 10 years old, 
and I was in my house and I had just come back from a party. And at that party, it was the fire chief and a bunch of other politicians and they were petting us and it was just really weird. So I left and went home. Like I ran out with my friend, um, whose birthday party I was attending and I ran home and, you know, just went to bed. It was 10 o'clock at night that the police turned up to their door to this impoverished family, right? That lives paycheck to paycheck. And the child was pulled out of the house and taken down to the city hall or wherever they took him. The father and the mother, obviously, you know, when you're a hard worker, you know, you don't know your rights sometimes. I mean, the police come in and they just nab your kids saying they cause trouble. 10, remember that, 10 years old. I'll let the parents tell their story in court. But that child was taken down to a place of authority and was told what bad things can happen to his family members. That child, his innocence was robbed that evening. All the while, the parents were asking to see their child because they didn't understand what was going on. That was the day that his life changed. That child grew up to be a young adult who was executed by police in a squabble while he was very drunk around the 4th of July last summer. That child was one of my witnesses. One of the witnesses that had been providing me testimony over a long period of time of people that commit such atrocious crimes. This is just one story of an American child. Imagine how many stories of those children that are not American exist. Imagine the stories of the children that have been taken from their homes in West Africa, in on a reservation uh, in Guatemala, in Honduras, in Colombia, and dragged through the border that don't have a mom and dad that are pounding down a door. Imagine their stories. And this is where ICE comes in. This is why it's very important to pay attention to who is asking to shut it down. To pay attention to those seeking to tie the hands or remove the authority of ICE. Because in the end, for those of us that know, those of us that um, have, uh, you know, that are journalists, that pay attention to things like this, we realize that calling the FBI for these things isn't the way to go. It's usually ICE. ICE will then tap the FBI and other agencies to come in. These are stories that happen every day. Thousands of them coming through the border that aren't like Danny, who was an American, who, you know, in essence, many people would say, and I know this sounds harsh, he had a choice. He did, but he was 10. So how can a 10-year-old, a 10-year-old, make a choice to stand up or speak? From people that use their position of authority to intimidate. From people that are of some stature. 
within their local vicinity or even national vicinity to impose themselves on those less vulnerable. This, this is a crisis indeed. Child and human trafficking go hand in hand with drug trafficking because from the, you know, from the days of yore, the most important currency you have is barter. So where you have drug trafficking, it comes with human trafficking. Those two coincide. I don't care if you say, well, it's just drugs. There is always an element of human trafficking because that is the ultimate currency. It is a huge market. Not only for sex or, you know, slavery, but we're talking parts, organs, tissues. And we see this, ins- this insane push to demand that abortion be legal. The fact that the president yesterday said that, the, you know, that anyone you know, through the NHS to federally funded research is not allowed to use fetal tissue. By the way, I told Eugene Gu in 2012 where we met at Vanderbilt you know, together working on some project. Well, he was. I was kind of just visiting and chiming in. I told him the fact that he was using fetal tissue and aborted, you know, baby parts to conduct his research was unethical and disgusting. And he said, would you prefer me to throw it away? And I said, no, abortion is going to be illegal at some point. He's like, you're laughing. Nobody wants it. And these cost a lot of money. Yeah, they do. And this is why Planned Parenthood is clawing to stay in operation because it was the only way that they could, right under our noses, buy and sell humans. They convince you that it's your health right. Do you see that Miley Cyrus thing? Like, think of the fact that there was a team of people that got together because, you know, when you're a performer or a persona, you have an army of people that come together and market you. Mark Jacobs included, right? Mark Jacobs, a brand. They have to come together and sit in a room and say, all right, I want the commercial background to have this color. I want snow to fall. You know, they all sit down and brainstorm. Well, their brainstorm came out with Miley Cyrus licking provocatively a cake that says abortion is, is health. It really, I mean, think about it. All these people came together to try to do what for murder? Because it's murder. That's what it is. And it's murder for sale. It's murder. And they're using human parts. And you know, according to federal law, it's not illegal to transport human parts. Like if I have a human toe and I go and sell it, it's not illegal. It's okay. Obviously, one might say, well, where'd you source it? None of your business. You could say that. But and you know, then they can investigate you if you're cutting people's toes off. But seriously, that is a big industry selling human parts. Organs. Replicating them. Ice is very important. Ice should be acknowledged to what an integral part it plays in our national security. I mean, yeah, we have our intelligence agency. Yeah, FBI. These guys are these guys are the OG. Okay, they are the best because this is what they do. They look for the vulnerable and they look 
how it comes in because it's not always inborn and it's not very easy for someone to utilize the resources to meet the high demand within our borders. You have to bring it in. It's like tomatoes. We can grow tomatoes, but with 400 million people in the United States, we might not be able to produce 400 million worth of tomatoes. This is why we trade and we import. So with a trade and industry so lucrative and one child or one baby can facilitate many type of aspects of this vertical industry of trafficking. You can have human just for adults. You can have child trafficking just for slavery, child trafficking for sex, child trafficking for organs, human trafficking for organs, or baby trafficking for pregnant people. This is, that's another whole other ballpark. So obviously, Within the United States, if all these kids go missing and people go missing and women go missing and pregnant people go missing, you know, there's going to be a raise of an alarm because the demand is super high. But if they're being imported and you're only using like, I don't know, 10% of your resources within the United States and the rest of the 90% are coming in, then not so much for alarm. And that is ICE's job. And not only that, to deport and ensure and record that those people that are transporting do not come back and cannot come back, that they are filed. So thank you to ICE. Now, we all got the General Flynn news. Thanking Tosing and DeGeneva. We appreciate you. On that note, I wish you all a fabulous evening. Keep your eyes open, your ears peeled, because some stuff is coming, I mean, after all. It is D-Day, right? So we should be having some really nice developments, especially now that they're backtracking the impeachment chit-chat. We'll see what happens because next week will be pretty explosive, but I'm pretty sure we'll go out with a bang for this week. Have a wonderful evening. God bless all of you from all of us here at Red State. I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. 12 to 2 Eastern Time. Thanks for tuning in. Just to bury my kids right up to there.